Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, July 17, 2023. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined for the very first time in the spare bedroom by my man, Cameron Hawkins. What's up, Tim? How I'm, are you doing? Uh, I, I, I'm having a good, a good morning and a bad morning, right? Yeah. Like uh, I announced that me and Alexa Ray Korea are writing a book on Kingdom Hearts. Congratulations. Uh, very excited about that. Um, that's been a long time coming, like a year plus. Uh, but now we're finally, we finally were able to meet up and we, that's when we wanted to announce it was after we were able to like meet up in person for the first time. And, oh, well, since, uh, since signing the deal for the book and, uh, now, um, but then I got out this morning and my car was gone. <laughs> my car got towed. Um, and so now I got, you know, after this is over, I got to figure all that stuff out, That's but the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the scariest feeling to just be like, uh Oh, my yeah. car is gone. And, the thing, and then when you find it, you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money. Yep. 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 And like, I, you know, I, I got it all sorted out. Like I know why it happened and it's my fault, but it, do, it does still suck. And, um, but it, and the worst part was like, I parked there. I only parked there for two nights. The first night was fine. Yeah. And then the second night, it's gone. You like, got, got. Did you know yeah. it was a bad spot? or No, it was like there's no no parking uh, sign or anything. Man. So it, it, it is what it is. But again, like, and I'm going to show some favoritism here. Like, uh, you know, I've hosted with Greg. Love Greg. Hosted with Blessing. Love Blessing. But this is Tim motherfucking Gettys Thank right you, here. man. We're Kingdom Hearts fucking yes, weirdos. You yes. know what I mean? Me and you, we might be on different sides sometimes about sometimes. this. But then at the end of the day. We both love it. Yes. Okay. I, I'm ha- I want to talk more about this book. I want to focus on the good. Sure. I'm sorry about the car. That sucks. Yeah. But we're about to bring your day up right now. All right. Hell yeah. You were writing a book with Alexa Ray Career, her second book about Kingdom Hearts. Yes. How? What is the, the label? What's going on here? What is the book? Can you talk about it? And also, my favorite thing is you're not here to talk about the book. You were just scheduled to be here. 100% and you happen cool. to be able to announce the book today. So 100%. I love that this is just uh, such a whirlwind day for you so far. But what's yeah. up with the book? Yeah. So um, we're doing it with uh, Limited Run. So Jared Petty. Awesome. Uh, shout out to Jared Petty. And thanks uh, for giving us this opportunity. And, um, you know, right now, because there are some things – we are being pretty amb- ambitious with this book. There are some things that we want to try and make work, and we don't know as of right now if that's going to work out. But at the end of the it's day, it's yeah, it's more or less going to be a uh, compilation of essays, you know, writing about certain topics and like showing how deep this series can really be. If you, uh, you know, I've said it before um, when I've been on the, uh, KFGD uh, talking about Kingdom Hearts is that Kingdom Hearts is a series. Where like you know it has its it has its uh, issues, but uh, like I'll hopefully admit that. But there is a lot of profoundness and nuances to that series, um, and powerful themes. But you have to like work for it. Like it's not gonna be just shown to you. And it's, it's like, like it's oh, you have to. Like if you take the yeah. name Roxas and you take the letters and you put an X somewhere, it's Sora. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, work for it. I mean, sure. That you can use that as an example. But there, yeah, there are a lot of things that like. Because uh, the thing is, like, Kingdom Hearts means something 
different to everybody, right? It's like there's some like really profound stuff for some people. Some people just like the Disney stuff and they just like to kind of like escape in that way. Um, and that's what I think is so great about Kingdom Hearts is that, um, you know, so a lot of people don't like it, but then there are people that have certain like different levels of appreciation for the series and all of it, all of that's valid. Like there's no like wrong way to appreciate Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. yeah. Not to my boys, Goofy, Donald, Goofy, doing Donald. the damn thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Gotta love them. Can't wait to hear more about this book. Can't wait to see when it comes out. I love that it's with limited run. That's awesome yeah. too. Jared Petty, the homie. All that's great. Uh, but Cam, we're going to talk about so much more today. Today's stories include peace between PlayStation and Xbox, what the Hollywood strike means for TLU season two and more uh, because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We come at you with all the video game news that you need to know. Uh, if you can't watch live, that's cool. You can watch later on youtube or roosterteeth.com you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you uh if you want to correct us when we get something wrong you can go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong we'll read those at the end of the show um remember you can use our epic creator code kind of funny anytime you're on the epic game store and no extra cost to you we get a percentage of the money and it's really awesome and it helps support us if you can go above and beyond though the best way to support us is patreon.com slash kind of funny you can go there get shows ad free you get to watch live recordings of a bunch of them and a whole bunch of bonus content i highly recommend it it's a great time for all um a little housekeeping for you there's a new ps i love you xo xo live and it takes your audience to work today uh come take a preview appointment with us for an unreleased video game youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services uh and we aren't still doing the games daily uh youtube post show experiment anymore though we did that for a week so it's going back to games daily and then the post show being part of one thing and uh the gameplay stream will be a separate stream so people on youtube you're gonna have to make the jump over don't worry we'll push you we'll make it very clear uh, still trying to work out all the kinks of the back end stuff of making this all work but i think we're finally at a point to get it how is ideal for what we're all looking for so stay tuned please be patient thank you so very much um, thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Liquid IB, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have... Seven, seven stories. Oh, Baker's does it. That started to sound like the Krabby Patty training video. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where he's like, yeah. da, 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 da. Like that, that, that was exactly what that was. <laughs> the number wasn't at the top, so I had to scroll down real quick. Um, story number one, PS5 and Xbox settle the Call of Duty war. Cam, we're still talking about this. I feel like at least a stage of this is about to be over, but let's yeah. get into it. Um, Phil Spencer tweeted over the weekend, we are pleased to announce that Microsoft and PlayStation have signed a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation following the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. We look forward to a future where players globally have more choice to play their favorite games. Uh, president of Microsoft and not the former Mizzou quarterback, Brad Smith. You can tell Greg wrote the wrote a show. <laughs> Uh, from day one of this acquisition, we've been committed to addressing the concerns of regulators, platform and game developers, and consumers. Even after we cross the finish line for this deal's approval, we will remain focused on ensuring that Call of Duty remains available on more plat platforms and for more consumers than ever before, uh, including the Switch. <laughs> 
Gotta love it. Uh, Tom Warren at The Verge says, while Microsoft's initial announcement doesn't mention 10 years for Call of Duty on PlayStation, Kari Perez, head of global communications at Xbox, confirmed the 10-year commitment to The Verge. Perez later confirmed to The Verge that the deal is only for Call of Duty, though. That makes the deal similar to a 10-year agreement between Microsoft and Nintendo, but not the various deals Microsoft has struck with NVIDIA and other cloud gaming uh, platforms to bring Call of Duty and other Xbox and Activision titles to rival services. Microsoft's original deal offer to Sony in January 2022, oh my god, it's been a long time, Cam, it's been a very long time, included keeping all existing Activision console titles on Sony, including future visions or versions of Call of Duty or any other current Activision franchise on Sony through December 31st, 2027. The deal terms have clearly changed since that opening offer with an extension to 10 years that's limited to just Call of Duty. So pretty much to clear this up, Call of Duty will be coming to Xbox for at least the next 10 years and Nintendo Switch, um, but... You mean PlayStation and Nintendo Switch? uh, Sorry, yes, yes, yes. PlayStation (laughs) and Nintendo Switch. Definitely Xbox. Also on Game Pass, which uh, is a very, very important thing to talk about. Uh, And then their old deal that they were originally pitching in January 2022 that uh, would have had any of the current Sony Activision Activision franchises on PlayStation would still be there until December 31st, 2027. It's not clear if that's still the case, but you got to imagine. I feel like that's the safe assumption for here. Yeah, I feel like the main... Like, PlayStation wasn't really worried about the other Activision Blizzard IP in the same way as Call of Duty, which, it makes sense, and, I mean, this is just Phil Spencer and Xbox saying, like, hey, we're staying true to our word, like, you know, and granted, it has been uh, shortened a little bit, but, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, this is something that I personally haven't been really worried about, and I've just kind of just been waiting for it to get over, but I will say that I'm also worried about what does the future look like when Phil Spencer is gone? Like, I don't want to assume that a Matt Booty or a Sarah Bond is going to be like the next head of Xbox. It could be someone completely new that we don't, you know, and and they decide to change kind of the course of of, of that of that stuff within their relationship with PlayStation and uh, and so, and Nintendo and other platforms. But yeah, I mean, I it makes sense that Call of Duty is still on PlayStation because it just it just has it's so much money potential. Um, and I think that for the people that I don't, I, I don't see, I see people like buying PlayStation just for Call of Duty. I don't know if that's going to be the same case for Xbox. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to, to break down here because the 10 year commitment, like 10 years is simultaneously a very long time and yeah. also not that long in the grand scheme of things, especially when you're talking about a franchise like Call of Duty that continues to bring in as much money as it does year after year, even though I feel like the the zeitgeisty feel of it sometimes isn't there any in the same at least as it used to be where it's like call of duty used to be the big event game and i feel like the industry kind of had call of duty burnout at a certain point but the numbers don't lie the numbers are there to back it up where i mean it's bigger than ever in most yep. ways and they also have warzone they also have um a lot of ancillary way call of duty mobile which i think is like even a, a bigger thing to bring up where there's 100%. so much money uh being uh pulled in there and it's not something that we normally talk about on, on these shows mm-hmm. we bring it up in in passing but like there's just such a large market of people that uh are playing call of duty on mobile but also people that are just playing call of duty and that's all that they play yeah that's it um so keeping all that in mind it's interesting to look at what past 10 years could look like but also how much is the industry going to change in 10 years how much is this deal um where we have now call of duty just call of duty not the other activision stuff all that other activision stuff is going to be only on xbox um until 
case-by-case basis uh, they decide otherwise. But I imagine that the default is going to be it's Xbox exclusive for most of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Call of Duty being the biggest of them, I feel like this is a compromise, obviously, from Phil and Their's part. I don't think that the Xbox team, if they had it their way, would do this. I understand there's a lot of money on the table, but Mm -hmm. when you look at the strategy they've employed, um, pretty much everyone in the industry has employed over the last, at this point, decade, I would say that they they know that they can they're putting their value in game pass and it was up to them everything would be only there and they'd be fine yeah they've shown that before Mm -hmm. now i think they're at the point though with call of duty like hey to get this deal through we are willing to do this and at the end of the day it's not that bad for them because they're about to make a lot of money from all the people on playstation which is call of duty consoles dominant console at this point yeah like I don't know if I entirely agree with you on the idea that they don't really want to do this, but they're doing this because they want this deal to go through. Um, Because, like, you know, with Starfield, right? Starfield is a game that makes sense that's coming to Game Pass because it is, like they said, you know, there was an article recently that came out, like, they are going to lose, like, 10 million potential sales with it not being on PlayStation. But, like, that's a game that that gets made by every six years. But Call of Duty comes out every other year now and like just and it's going to sell way more so just like i do think that having that on a playstation console on top of game pass is going to be is going to be more beneficial in the long run i know that they want people on game pass um but they do have other avenues to to make that a reality and i do think that um i I, yeah I, i really do think that call of duty on playstation while having it on game pass and and just like attract and you know potentially bringing people over um it it is going to be the bigger advantage i think in the long run with, from a financial standpoint i mean i think i think we agree there i'm oh, okay. saying it's not aligned with their strategy it's oh, not aligned okay, with, that's with, true. with the moves that they make where it's like i do think it's win-win for them whether yeah. it's it's exclusive on xbox deal with it y'all that boosts xbox for sure like i know multiple people in my friend group that would buy an Xbox or get into the ecosystem somehow yeah. just for Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And they're PlayStation guys. And they're only PlayStation guys because of the big third-party games that they play yeah. when they come out every couple of years and Call of Duty. That's mm-hmm. essentially it. Yeah. Um, but PlayStation, or Xbox knows that. So, yes, there's so much money to be made for the people that do buy this game every single year or whenever they come out. Um, so it's it's very interesting to to know that it's over at this point like yeah wherever the deal is and with all the stuff like i'm seeing the chat right now saying that like the it sounds like destin legary's live tweeting right now that the deal might actually be closing right while, now as we're speaking we're, we're doing this so i'll check in on that in, in a sec but um the call of duty side it, it, it's it's done like yeah. we now it's officially 10 years we're getting it on both and that's where that's at and that also means we're getting switch versions i'm really interested in how much of a fucking dumpster fire <laughs> that's going to be yeah. uh, of them releasing the games on the switch like think about how how much already people are complaining when there's multiple versions of games coming out and mm-hmm. one of them is vastly inferior and we were talking about a game like call of duty that like that stuff matters it really feels like man more resources are just going to be put into something to essentially die and get criticized yeah because i mean when it comes to the big multiplayer games like Fortnite, i think is a great example of a game that make that runs well on switch like that's a game that i can like kind of play on any platform but like i'm not gonna do that for call of duty if i was in call of duty i like i wouldn't do that i even through my experiences on like pc or console like it's not i i I just feel like through my personal experience 
it hasn't been a really optimized experience. So imagining that on a on a much weaker device, whether it be the Switch or the successor to the Switch, uh, like cool that it's going there, but I don't see people making the Switch or the Nintendo successor their dedicated Call of Duty machine. I mean, especially when it's on mobile, and even if mobile isn't your thing, Call of Duty mobile is not your thing. There's cloud based things, right? Yeah, and like especially what you, we even see with PlayStation with Project Q and stuff, pushing the remote stuff even more. I think that we're only going to see more and more ways to be able to play just the core version of these games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it puts the Switch or the Switch Two or whatever it is is version of this game. Like I don't expect the Switch Two to magically make Call of Duty run well. No. <laughs> you know, like I, I just again talking about strategy and just like previous uh lineage of nintendo i'm like i don't see them putting out a console that is going to be where people are excited to play uh call of duty but i agree um but yeah we'll have to to wait and see from that but let's move on from that story let's move on to review finder review roundup really 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 excited for this one i played it at summer game fest yes had, you couldn't I, stop talking about i it. was telling everybody i'm yeah. like this is the game to play um i've been playing a little bit i haven't had too much time to to complete it um but here we go. There's not yet enough reviews to be on Metacritic, but IGN gave it an 8. Uh, Tristan uh, Oglavy says, What viewfinder lacks in story, substance, and compelling characters, it more than makes up for via the pure, mind-boggling exhilaration of its perspective-warping puzzle-solving. Its superb photo-based environmental de- deformation doesn't just break ground, it bends and stretches it into entirely new shapes and forms in the wake of each puzzle completed, while also introducing regular game-changing parameters that force me to continually think outside the frame of my shots. The ability to transport yourself into paintings and screenshots makes for a journey that consistently captivates in between each carefully considered camera capture, and the rapid rewind function emboldens you to get creative with puzzle solutions without fear of retribution. Spellbindingly surreal and stimulating to the end, Viewfinder is the freakiest form of photo mode in which every snap is a happy one. Um, man, I'm just stopping right there. I totally agree with everything being said. <laughs> I, as blown away as I was with the game at Summer Game Fest, sitting down and playing even the first hour, there was a couple moments that I had to like stop and just be like, how am I actually playing this right now? Like, it is so cool, so trippy, and I totally agree. Some of the story stuff so far, I'm like, I don't know about all this, but the the moment-to-moment puzzle solving of like, I am so stuck, there's no way I can get through this. Oh my God, that's the solution. Oh, it's so rewarding, it, and it's just cool, man. Yeah, it sounds a lot like, um, the, the, the closest thing I can compare it to, it sounds like it's a lot like The Witness, not in the same sense of like the puzzle solving, but just like when you are, you were like, writing on a wall like kind of crazy like thinking about like oh what's the solution to this puzzle and then you finally get there it's just like some of the most gratifying puzzle solving that totally. you've, you've experienced so like that's that's awesome and uh i'll get to a couple more of the the reviews in a second but like it playing so much uh zelda tears of the kingdom which i beat this weekend by the way you saved hyrule i did save hyrule and it felt good it felt damn good um playing so much of that just the way my brain's been working about um fusing things and picking things up and like using the 3d space to like move things around going from uh from that to final fantasy i'm like there was certain moments where i'm like oh i'll just do this i was like wait i can't do that like zelda kind of broke me with the adding puzzle mechanics to every game that i'm playing where it's like how do i solve this by just putting down a bridge and walking across it because like zelda just lets you do yeah playing viewfinder feels like such a perfect follow-up to zelda it feels like such a using the same parts of my brain type thing Mm -hmm. and uh i can't wait for kevin to play this kevin and mike are going to play it on the stream after the show so excited i haven't touched it yet and that is our stream 
thing today. It's me and Mike sitting down, just the two of us hanging out, and I beat this goddamn game. Dude, I hope that happens because, yeah, this is – it's like the most Kev game that I've played in a long time. Where I'm like, oh, he's going to love this. Uh, but continuing on, Polygon recommends it. Uh, Grayson Morelli says, Viewfinder leaves you wanting more. I hope as the credits roll that there might be some additional challenge levels unlocked. But alas, I've done all there was to be done. Still, I suspect there's more lurking inside the game outside of the early Greg redacting spoilers. Um, what I encountered was odd, magical, and physically impossible. It made me grin a big, stupid grin. Immediately, I wanted to go back and play it all again. Sure that there, sure that there must be other such geom geometries waiting for me to ask, what if I tried this? Viewfinder is a puzzle game heaven. You'll never look at a Polaroid the same way again if you've ever looked at a Polaroid at all. <laughs> it sucks that there was a spoiler in there, but thank you, Greg, for taking it out. Uh, game Informer gave it an 8.25. Kyle Hilliard says, the, the entirety of Viewfinder, including completing its optional puzzles, only takes a few hours, but its brevity is a strength. The game is no unnecessary fat where you use similar or familiar solutions to solve slight variations of puzzles you've already completed. Every level feels like it's trying out a new idea based on the core concept, making it a consistently novel experience throughout. Oh, you you going to play this one? I'm going to look into it because I like puzzle games, but I'm not, I'm also very much one of those people like I can play a puzzle game for probably 15, 20 minutes and realize if it's for me or not. Yeah. Um, and there's some, like, you know, there's some puzzle games that are like some of my favorites of all time. Like I love Catherine problematic game has some problematic stuff in it, but like just the actual puzzle of climbing up, it's just like so satisfying every time you ring the, uh, you ring the bell at the end. Um, and you know, viewfinder again. You, you like you sold me at SGF. I was like, I got to keep my eye on this game. I didn't realize it was coming out so quickly. I know. Um. So and it's uh it's on PS5, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna look into it. Um. I'm currently playing some other stuff right now, but when there's like kind of like a gap uh, where I can play something that seems like a pretty short game, a couple too, hours right? long, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I think is perfect for for what this is too. Like, and uh, my favorite thing is them saying that uh, there's no unnecessary fat. We're using familiar solutions. And I love that. I feel like so far in my experience, I'm like maybe two hours in or so. Like I'm pretty deep, I would say. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've noticed that as well. And it's just so satisfying to constantly be able to like every single thing feels fresh, feels new. But I love that like it kind of adds into the world where it's like picture on picture on picture. So like I'll never forget when I was eight years old and I went to my friend's house and they, in their hallway, they had two doors with mirrors on it. And when I stood in between the mirrors, there was just infinite of me. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> and like that moment, like awoke something in me where I'm like, this is just cool. Like there's cool things out there in the world. Yeah. You know, viewfinder was like, Hey, there's just that the game. Mm -hmm. Like, what if you turned that into a gameplay mechanic? And then you think about it and it's like, what if you do that? You use picture within picture within picture, so you're going within it. But then every time you do that, it's it's almost like the MCU timeline splitting thing, where it's like it's all the same thing until you change something in that and it world. Branches off. But then you can come back to a different instance of that world and do something else, and it's just hmm. mind breaking. And I don't even like just from a game design perspective, I don't know how it's as well curated as it is. Okay. Because they give you so many options to just get lost, but then there's this rewind function where. Immediately, when you realize, oh, I'm, I'm way too in over my head, you just hold it and you just go back. And it's weirdly satisfying and it feels like it's pushing you to try different things as opposed to there's one way to solve this puzzle. Even if there is only one way to solve the puzzle or one set of ways to solve the puzzle, it feels like it's limitless. And I think that that's okay. kind of the greatest achievement of it is that like it feels like you, it makes you feel like a genius 
but really they're just playing us. I mean, those are the best puzzle games when you just feel like I'm so smart for doing this. Yeah. So there we go. That is Viewfinder. You can check it out on PlayStation 5. Uh, we're going to move on to the next story. But before we do that, here is a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Y'all know how much I love to stay hydrated. And Liquid IV makes it easier and better than ever to ensure that I'm always living my best, most hydrated life. And you can too. Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America, is now available in sugar-free with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness liquid iv hydrates two times faster than water alone and you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors white peach green grape and lemon lime let me tell you the white peach is good it's real good we hear it kind of funny swear by this stuff one stick of liquid iv in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone real people real flavor real hydrating now sugar-free, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplayer sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code KINDAFUNNY at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use promo code KINDAFUNNY at liquidiv.com. <laughs> Story number three. What's the Hollywood strike mean for TLU season two? This comes from Nelly Andriva at Deadline. HBO's Emmy-nominated Last of Us was renewed in January shortly after the adaptation of the popular PlayStation video game premiered, quickly becoming a pop culture phenom. Uh, by May 1st, when the writer's strike began and script work was put on hold, the new season had already taken shape. The Last of Us co-creator and executive producer Craig Mazin told Deadline in an interview tied to the series' big showing on Emmy Nominations Day, confirming the new writers who had joined them and fellow co-creator slash EP, the game's Neil Druckmann, for season two. Quote, we got pretty far, actually. We were doing great. Neil and I had been sitting and talking with Haley Gross, who had also worked on the second game as a writer, and Bo Shim, the new writer that was in our little tiny room with us. Obviously not a mini room because we're greenlit the proper, we're a real show, and because I hate that mini room stuff. Uh, Mason also revealed that episode 201 has been written. Uh, quote, we know what the whole season is, and I was actually able to get to get a write and submit the first episode right before the deadline hit. So now I'm just walking around kind of brainwriting, I guess, which I don't think is scabbing. I take walks and I think through the scenes because when the bell rings and this is over because the companies have finally come to their senses, I'm going to have to basically shoot myself out of a cannon because we really want to try and get the show on the air when it's supposed to be on the air. In an interview with Deadline in May, HBO head of drama Francesco Orsi said the, the expectation for The Last of Us is to return sometime in 2025. Two and a half months into the writer's strike and a day into an actor's strike, there's still a possibility for season two to make its original delivery date, Mason said. Quote, we had a little more flexibility, I think, than normally just because we had to wait a little bit longer anyway to line up production with the weather. A lot of what we do is outside, so we had a schedule that weirdly hasn't been immediately impacted, but we're getting pretty close. We can't keep our original start dates forever, obviously. If these strikes go much longer, we will inevitably have to push, and that hurts us. It hurts the audience. It hurts HBO. We all, everybody want to get back to work. I think everybody that's actually doing the work, including the network people who are with us on the ground, I think everybody just wants to get this solved, so fingers crossed. Or see, also told Deadline in May that we have loosely heard that there will be a season three idea for the series, but at this point, we're taking it one season at a time. There's no guarantee at this point that we'll have a season three, but I know they both have a season, uh, a vision for season three. Spoiler alert, a season three will happen. <laughs> uh, Mason confirmed that the plan is to go to season three if 
the show continues to do well. <laughs> no shit. Quote, it's going to be more than one season. There's more story, so the show will not end with season two unless people don't watch it and will get canceled. Barring that, we will be doing some things exactly the way they were in the game. We're going to do other things that are in the game. We're going to do some things that are not in the game, but we're going to do them differently in our own method. No matter if you have played the game or not, you'll be surprised as the season unfolds. We have some interesting twists and turns. Uh, season one of The Last of Us introduced a slew of memorable characters. We don't need to get into all that. We know that. Um, they asked, are there any of the flashback characters potentially in Season two, quote, there's always a chance for everything well, with us. You never know. And we obviously don't confine ourselves by timelines. People who are dead sometimes reappear. And sometimes we meet people that we didn't even know. And we find out that they are somebody. What you won't see is, for instance, another very special episode with Bill and Frank. We aren't going to milk it. When we do something that we think is beautiful, we let it be as it is and find other beautiful things to do. I love that. That's great. Yes. Um, that episode. Uh, got an Emmy nomination uh, in the interview or CTs. A couple of new pieces of casting. Abby, a major player, a major character in part two of the game, is expected to be one of them. Orsi also said that Mason is taking a big swing from both an entertainment standpoint related to the clickers, but also just the more nuanced, complex character dynamic between our characters, Joel, Ellie, and beyond. Uh, there had been talked about uh, that the amount of clickers will increase in season two after some fans questioned the fact that season one goes through long stretches without major zombie scenes. There will be moments just like there were in the first season where the infected are very present, Mason said. So that's a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of little details. Obviously, I feel like just starting this all off, we just want this strike to be over as soon as yeah. possible, people to be handled correctly, and for them to freaking understand that this shit needs to change. Um, and you can definitely tell from this uh interview here it's like this is a, a very unfortunate thing that affects so many people and it's just yeah it just needs to get uh dealt with but uh where are you at with with all of this i mean when it comes to the strike stuff like the you know we're i'm in solidarity with them like they should get their fair pay their fair wages and their fair deals and i was like you know i looked up uh i came across a tiktok where someone was explaining like their demands and like how much percent of that like a company for that company uh their, what their requests were and like none of them were above like 0.1 percent of their like yearly income it's, it's just like why can't you just pay these people what they want like it, it it's, it's reasonable it, it it like they and especially with all these changes that are happening very quickly like they're just trying to cover their bases before it's too late and so they just need to pay them what they're owed in my opinion and um when it comes to the last of us part two like the show in itself like you know, I, I liked the show with the Bill and Frank episode is incredible. Um, uh, and I think that's, and I, and I liked, when it came to the games, I liked part two a lot more than I liked the first game. Uh, I know a lot po- more. I, I, I know it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm team two over one as well, but yeah. I, I, mean, I wouldn't say a lot more. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a big fan of the first game. I like, I understand it. it. It just didn't lift my skirt up like it did most people. And, you know, like what you like. But the I, second did. I, huh. I just think that it just took risks and it and it did things that i just didn't expect like it continuously like granted pacing was an issue at times it was a lot longer than it needed to be but like i still really liked what i like over time i've liked it more and more as i've thought about it in retrospect um and so i and i do think that that story does have a lot more potential to implement new things in a tv format where it doesn't it's not going to feel as uh, as much of a slog when, uh, in certain areas of uh, the like, if based off the story in the second game, um, I'm just trying to go as spoiler free as I can. 
Um, but I do think that there is like kind of like a clear moment in that game where they'll prop that's probably how they'll end the second season and then they'll start the third season where like the second half of the game begins. Um, and so I'm very curious as to like who they're gonna cast as Abby. My fan cast is Peyton List. That'd be really cool. I think she's great in Cobra Kai, and I think she would like, you know, just they they're kind of like uh they seem a little bit younger on the younger side with Bella Ramsey looks a little bit younger than Ellie did like in the games, in my opinion. And like, so it would be cool if they went with a little younger looking Abby, but that can still look, look built. Um, and yeah, you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, these people need to be paid what they're, what they should be paid. Um, and I'm not really worried about that show coming out until that happens. So yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of where that all starts and ends. I'm really, I hope that we get more of the show. I like, I'm excited yeah. for a season two, season three, loving part two as much as I do, loving part one as much as I do, and loving how much they, how well they adapted it. I can't wait for people that haven't played the game to experience the story yeah. of part two, especially in a different format. And then I, everything they're saying about the story, I'm here for. I like the changes they made in the, the, the first season. Um, and while I don't prefer every single one of them to the game, I think that overall, it made it such a great standalone experience and also additional experience yeah. to the game that I've played so many times at this point. Um, I haven't played part two that much. I played part two once. Yeah. And uh, then I, I went back and I've I've done like a chapter here, a chapter there. But uh, there's these rumors of uh, um, part two. The remaster. Uh, the, the remaster, the, like, remake, the whatever, board, yeah. whatever it is. Would you be interested in playing through that again oh yeah oh yeah um i didn't play the last of us uh part one remake yet just because i just didn't feel the need to immediately play it and it's cool that they did do some like ground up remaking uh with that with that game um but uh when i when y'all were talking about it last week about it being leaked i was like that's going to be the time where i'll probably buy the first game and then buy the second game and play them just kind of back to back yeah, and get a I'm, refresher. I hope that it's it's true. Like, I would love to get a actual PS5 release of. It Last makes of sense. Us. It, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, they and it's not a, it's not a hard. It, uh, I mean, I don't know game development. I'm not going to make a blanket statement like that. But like, um, they've ported a bunch of their big first party PS4 titles that were like near the end of the uh, that life cycle. So it only makes sense that Part Two also is a part of that lineup. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that part one remake didn't also come with part two like i it being like they're already being the ps5 update for last yeah. of us two and it's the remake of last of us one essentially just modeling itself after the look and feel of part two um but probably just money i i think i think now looking at it i think it, it is strategy of not wanting to uh explicitly spoil the hbo audience yeah. uh, with part two it's like this allows them to kind of have sat with a uh, part one story both from a because I imagine the majority of people, maybe not majority, but a, a big chunk of the people that bought Last of Us Remake yep. were people that watched the show mm -hmm. and were like, whether they, it was their first time playing the game or their hundredth time playing the game, yeah. they bought it because they're like, ah, I got Last of Us on the brain. I want to play this again. And it was like, perfect you want to see where it came from. You want to yeah. see like how it's adapted and. Or you're like, oh, I played the original version or the remaster version or whatever version. I want to play this remake. It's been long enough or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I can see them wanting that experience for people. And then, cool. Now, hey, especially with all the strike and stuff, I feel like who knows how long it'll take. Mm. Maybe it is, boom, we're putting out the part two for people that um want a little tease or taste of it. Um. And, of course, it's not this or that. Like, I imagine that the majority of people that played through part two for the first time are going to want to watch the show. It's not like it's going to turn them off. Be like, I already know what happens. 
Yeah, yeah. I do think that, again, I think part two has more potential. I feel like that the the first game is just structured out pretty pretty clearly. Like, oh, there's this part of this, you know, because like there's this, the seasons and there's like certain arcs like Sam and Henry and then um, David and, you know, it's and, and with part two, it's like, I don't, I think there's a lot more potential to like diverge on different paths because there is like, oh, you're exploring Seattle as Ellie before like you change characters. And then there's that character's um, whole story. And I, so I think that there's so much potential, especially cause there's also a lot more um, prominent characters in two that you could just go so many different ways on um, expanding on those characters in a way that they couldn't do in the game, whether it be just like mm-hmm. they didn't want to, they didn't want the game to be longer than it already was, and <laughs> yeah, uh, things like that. So it's cool. I'm ex- I'm excited when it happens, but until then, uh, pay your writers and your actors, studios, figure it out. Uh, next story: the team behind PlayStation's Patapon reveal the successor game Ratatan. This comes from Andy Robinson of VGC. I can't believe Greg's not here. For this episode i'm glad he's not here because i haven't played pat upon ever um and so i don't want i didn't want him to be like you motherfucker <laughs> yeah, this, this is his moment man yeah. he's gonna be like i'm happy he's not here just because it'd be very loud it would be so impossibly loud a spiritual bleh, spiritual successor to playstation's classic rhythm action game pat upon was unveiled at beat bit summit in kyoto japan on saturday Ratatan's being developed for unspecified platforms by Patapon creator uh, Katani with audio by original Patapon musician Adechi. Uh, the game will be crowdfunded via Kickstarter with the campaign due to start on July 31st. Originally released for the PSP in 2007, Patapon's a rhythm-based 2D platform action game in which players command an army of cute anthropomorphic eyeballs known as Patapons that can be commanded to move forward, attack, defend, and retreat by using a sequence of drum beats. A few details on Ratatan were revealed during its Bit Summit panel, but the game's developers told VGC in a private meeting ahead of the reveal that the game would include roguelike elements and multiplayer for up to four players. The three main game concepts are over 100 cute characters fighting it out on screen, four-player simultaneous battles, and more adventure and roguelike elements than Patapon had. Uh, the designer of the original Patapon game said he wanted to make a Patapon-like experience, but with new elements. He also didn't rule out working with Sony on a traditional sequel in the future. Patapon was a really unique experience at the time of its release and reflected the development environment of that era. We wanted to make another game like that for the modern age. There's a possibility of maybe doing a Patapon sequel in the future, but for this, we really wanted to make our own game in our own style with specific types of gameplay that reflect what we want. After that, if there's a chance to speak to Sony about doing a Patapon sequel, then we'll go from there. Greg, I'm really happy for you. This is actually really damn cool. Yeah. Again, year of dreams turned into a decade of dreams, just turned into the life of dreams. Welcome to the club. You deserve this. You you should have this. I'm happy that you do. Cam, do you want to do me a favor here? Yeah. Do you want to to, to read this comment? Here from a comment from Kind of Funny CEO and World's Biggest Pat Upon fan, Greg Miller. Yeah. First, I'd like to thank God and or Satan for making this happen. Second, I'd like to apologize to every one of you that has to live in my simulation. Either start liking the stuff I like or unplug yourself from the Matrix because I run things here and PC gaming sucks. There we go. There we go. Fucking hate that guy. You know what I mean. I try to do my best Greg Miller impression by still being me, though. So I hope I met expectations there. <laughs> it was a, a lot more subdued. There was yeah. like a calmness to yeah. it that I'm not used to. Um, but anyway, very excited for for him here. I, I never got into to Pat upon, and that seems I've wanted to play him. Weird. I love the PSP. I love, I love rhythm platformers. Games. I love rhythm games. Yeah. I, those, I love little mascotty dudes. 
I don't know. I feel like I'm missing out here. Uh, maybe Greg will have to show me the ways one day. Uh, the next news story here, going back to the Xbox side of things, RIP Xbox Live Gold. This comes from Wesley Yin Pool at IGN. Microsoft has announced the upcoming end of Xbox Live Gold over 20 years after it first launched. Games with Gold end September 14th and will be replaced by Game Pass Core, which Microsoft described as an evolution of Xbox Live Gold. Core includes access to online console multiplayer and gives subscribers a collection of over 25 games to play on Series X and S and Xbox One for $10 a month or $60 a year. Xbox Live launched first on the original Xbox on November 15th, 2002, uh, and was popularized by the online multiplayer portion of Halo 2. Uh, The Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Series X and S all used the platform. Games with Gold launched for Xbox 360 in July 2013 and was required for online multiplayer. A sub included a handful of games each month, what was once a hugely popular bonus, but in recent years had become the subject of ridicule due to the low profile of the free titles. Here's how it all works. At launch on September 14th, Xbox Live Gold members automatically become Game Pass Core members with the introduction of Game Pass Core. Games with Gold comes to an end on September 1st. Here's a list of the core games at launch. Among Us, Banana. (laughs) Kevin, did you do that? How did that get on there? I fucking hate you! (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. That was good. Oh, that was that's good. good. Uh, Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, uh, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5 Guardians, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, did I think about so often, Cam? It's such a great game. It really is, man. I, the sound of it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. Uh, I yeah. I played that after, or I think it was like right after Game of the Year talks, something like that, mm-hmm. and, or right before it. And I was like, that yeah, that's like one of the best Metroidvanias ever made. Like it's so good. Um, there's just like so many like moments in that game that just are just like etched into my mind. It really does feel like a premium like Pixar type animation like. It's gorgeous, gorgeous it game. Totally is. Uh, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, uh, The Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited, and Microsoft said it will announce more core games ahead of September 14th, and new games will be added two or three times a year. With the launch of Game Pass Core, Game Pass has four distinct offerings, Core for $10 a month, Console for 11 PC for $10, and Ultimate for $17. Um, so yeah, any immediate takeaways from this? Yeah, I feel like this is just the natural evolution, right? Um, I do agree that um, as someone who's been an X, you know, I primarily play on Xbox, um, and I've been an Xbox Live Gold member for like a decade now or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the offerings of the games have definitely kind of felt like, um, for lack of a better term, like kind of like vaporware, like, oh yeah, here's these games that you probably haven't heard of. But that being said, uh, this month, uh, when the past is around or was around, is on Game Pass, and that's a great little indie game. Great art style. It's very like kind of like, um, it's kind of like dealing with like um, a breakup, and um, it's it's just a very beautiful game. I think it's not very long either, like maybe two or three hours. Um, you should check that out if you have Xbox Gold. Um, and uh, you know, this is. This is a way where they're, it sucks that they're taking it away still because you're still getting free games. Because um, I always redeem them, you know, regardless. <laughs> um, and, but this is also a way where it's like, hey, you, you know, you're not 
because I do know people that aren't into Game Pass. Like, I have a friend who plays Xbox, doesn't care about Game Pass. He'd rather just buy his own games and own them. And this is, like, a good way to be like, hey, you still have what you want with Xbox Live Gold. You can play online. But then you also basically get all of our first-party games along with it. You don't get, like, these, this rich catalog of third-party games, sure, but you still have our first-party stuff. So even if you don't want to go the ultimate route, so you get, like, the cloud streaming and the entire catalog, this is still, like, a, a good alternative option at the core level. Well, it's uh, not the new first parties, though. Not the new first parties, yeah, like but, older, like, the older ones, and then, like, those will probably inevitably come to core. Um, I, I wouldn't be so sure of You that. really don't think so? I mean, Halo Infinite's not here, right? Yeah, but... Is I, that still too new? Like, I would say so. Yeah, I, think I mean, so. like, just looking at this, like, what is the, the newest thing here? Fallout 4? Psychonauts 2. I guess Psychonauts 2. Yeah, Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Uh, Ori. Um, yeah, but I even Ori, it's like 2020. Yeah, early yeah. Early 2020, so... No, I, I, but I do think that eventually there will... Um, it's still... There is still the discussion of, like, should you have to pay to pl- be able to play online multiplayer, like, in 2023? Um, I know I've seen some Xbox... Uh, uh, fans and influencers be like why do we still have to pay for this like i feel like you know and and there is an argument there um but and I, you know i i personally think that like ultimate is still the way to go it's you know it's only it's only seven dollars um more a month you get the entire catalog of of great games and then you you just have access to everything it's just like a simpler just like just pay the ultimate and then you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff um but I do think that core is a solid thing if you're just like, hey, I'm basically paying to play online, and then I do have access to these first-party games if um, if you want to play them. Yeah. The, the chat saying Halo Infinite's already free. Isn't that just the multiplayer, though? The multiplayer's like, free. The, the campaign, campaign is not free. You have to yeah. pay for that. So yeah. that, that's what I'm talking about in terms of like what they'd be offering here. Because, yeah, obviously, that's free already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think, like you said, this is the natural progression. Like This makes sense. Um, I feel like all of this shit can get super ridiculously unclear yeah and with with xbox having live and game pass and all the stuff it kind of felt like why why are we doing this i get that there's a lot of back-end stuff there's a lot of legacy decisions that they made that they need to figure out how to fit a square into a circle like that's i get why this is happening i'm happy that they're trying they're they're finally at this point of consolidating some of it um consolidating by adding a fourth tier i feel like the tiers can get really confusing but at the same time is it really confusing or are people just being obtuse? I feel like looking at this with the chart that they have, it's like this makes perfect sense. Yeah. I I like the catalog of games coming like with one of these services. Like PlayStation, they don't have it anymore. They took it away, but they're I forget what they called it, but like their the game library or whatever it was that uh, Yes now? Uh no, like oh. that when they for the PS5 they announced that there was Oh, the premium cl- the, the whatever it was. Yeah. The essentials collection. It, no, it was it was um I don't know. Yeah, it was a PS Plus collection. It was just called the PS Plus collection, I'm pretty sure. And it, yeah, it had like Persona 5 and like Monster Hunter World and then a bunch of first parties. It stuff. kind of felt like PlayStation's version of this list. Yeah. It's just PlayStation has a lot more of like bigger prestige titles uh, on that list compared to, to this one here for now. I think yeah. that, again, we're on the precipice of this Activision thing. What the fuck is Game Pass going to look like next year? Like, I don't understand the timetable of all this stuff, but like... I mean, when you look at some of the other deals that they've made in the past of like even like the Bethesda stuff, the rollout, right, of like um, what when the the deal actually went through compared to when the Bethesda game showed up on Game Pass. Yeah. Somebody let me know this. Are there big Bethesda titles that aren't yet on Game Pass? I think everything that's on that was released originally for Xbox from Bethesda is 
on Game Pass at this point. Like even like going back, like thinking about like their last couple big titles. Like, I mean, I guess Fallout seventy six, Fallout four. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. New let, Vegas let, let is on know. there. Three's on there. Yeah. So it's like you look at that. It's like all right, cool. So at what point are we going to get like all the Activision games? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like think about that catalog. I think by the like anything that's that's released on Xbox uh, already. Um, I think that we'll see all of those on Game Pass before the end of next year. People are saying Ghostwire, I think, and Doom 2016 are not currently... Doom 2016 isn't? On it. So yeah, there, I mean, and there's a bunch of these weird things of like, why not? You know, but there might be some weird reason why not, yeah. you know? Um, but again, I think that this is good. I think that this is the better version of Games with Gold. There is the the new factor of them adding new ones every month but like like you were saying they weren't typically that exciting so i think they're kind of building on an established library while also having that promise of it's game pass baby yeah like you're getting all the xbox first party titles that at this point at this point cam the dominoes have to start falling and there's yeah. so many dominoes now they have so many different dominoes and some of them are orange and look like a bandicoot and some of them look like a skateboard please Bring back Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Remake 3 and 4. Just do it for me. I can't imagine playing it on an Xbox, though. <laughs> Sacrosanct. <sighs> Man. Any other thoughts there? No, again, like, I think that, you know, <laughs> I just think that, it, you know, it's, it's, it makes sense, the natural evolution of things. And um, I, it, it will be interesting, really, at this point, just to see how quickly... They're going to get those Activision games out. And I'm also curious uh, as to if they're going to, like, make ports, if they're going to have them, like, hey, like, this game that only came out on PlayStation or, or like, a non-Xbox platform, let's get it on Xbox. Yeah. So the chat's saying that um, they, that those games are on Game Pass, okay. both Ghostwire and Doom 2016, but Doom 2016 is not on uh, PC Game Pass. So, yeah, the okay. PC Game Pass, I think, adds even more wrinkles to yeah because there's stuff that's on pc pass that's not on console pass like death stranding is one of them um so yeah yeah so there we go um now final no 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 not final story next story planets in star wars outlaws are similar in size to two assassin's creed odyssey zones this comes from darren at GameSpot. The first open-world Star Wars game is on the way from Ubisoft, but just how open are those worlds? According to the developer Massive Entertainment, Star Wars Outlaws will feature several handcrafted planets to explore, each one being roughly the size of two zones in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's a crude analogy, but the size of one planet might be equivalent to two of the zones in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It could be two to three zones, but it's not, you know, the sort of epic, the whole England recreated approach. Uh, it's not yet clear as to how many planets will be available to explore in Outlaws, but they added that Massive's looking to emphasize open-ended gameplay inside each planetary zone. We're really focusing on what open world means to the player, which is full freedom of approach. Players will also be able to explore some of the space around each planet, but uh, don't expect to see entire planets procedurally generated as Massive Entertainment is creating something that is more manageable in size. I'm loving what I'm hearing here, Cam. Another interesting piece of information that the director revealed was the 1970s influence on the game as the studios recreated lenses of that era to produce film techniques that were born of that cinematic era. So you have the vignetting, film grain, lens breathing, the curvature of a thicker lens, the slight lens flare, all these things that are very subtle but come together to give a more cinematic experience, which I totally agree with, totally saw it in that, and it looks awesome. Cam, you excited for the game? Does this news do anything for you? Oh, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I like Star Wars. I am, like, a casual Star Wars fan. There are definitely moments where I'm like, man, I, I fucking love Star Wars. But there are also instances where I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's cool. Like, I, 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 think that, um, I think that 
it's nice that we're finally getting like a diverse slate of of Star Wars games. Like, you know, we got the Jedi games where you're getting a more traditional Jedi experience. And this is looking more like, you know, running gun, um, open world, uh, mercenary type game where you're going to be able to explore different planets in a a different way than the Jedi games. And uh, I'm interested in seeing how uh, the gameplay aspects of that open world are going to differ from from something like Jedi, like what are the how the side quests are going to uh, work? Like what are going to be the other kind of things that you can interact with in the world as you're exploring? Um, and just like the diversity in the planets. Like I hope we go to a snow planet. I hope we go to like a like a heavy forest jungle planet. Like, I hope we go to a sand planet. Yeah, sure. I'm fucking around, but yeah. Oh, that, okay. That, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I just I just think that um, there's a lot of potential here to to give players. Um, a variety of different things. Um, and what we've seen so far uh, has me really excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super stoked for it. I hope that it's good. Uh, what we saw, I was really into. Um, I have no context for the Assassin's Creed zones. Kev, I, oh, you're, you're a big... Um, I'm a big Assassin's oh, okay. Creed fan. I love Assassin's Creed. Um, that's the thing that was kind of interesting yeah, to me is that... that terminology, the zones? Yeah, I think like, like, that just like, mean... the sec- like there are certain sections on but the map are that... There? Yeah, yeah, there are. Like in Odyssey specifically, it's just one giant map, right? But they're like there are like names for each kind of general area, and I think that's kind of what he's uh, alluding towards. Um, I don't know. Yeah, zone is not particularly the word they use in the games, but that's the thing that's interesting to me where when he uses that because there are zones of various different sizes. So like that's not a very great. That doesn't set a really great picture, but I do think. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a massive game, so I think when him saying that, ah, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, it's not. Um, but like, it's it's just um, it's a big game. So I think when he wa- he wants to use this to kind of that game comparison to uh, kind of paint a picture of like how big these planets are going to be. Um, and you know, Ubisoft has big teams. Yeah, you see, like there's Attica. There's yeah, there's a bunch of different uh, areas like that. Um, so. So like some of these are you know much bigger than others. So it's like if it's like two of the Arcadia zones, that's going to be massive. But if it's like two of the Skyros zones, then that's not going to be too big. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to like say is that there's not going to uh, there's not that's not a great comparison to use. But Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a big game, and I think that uh, that's the point he was trying to make is that there are big areas in Odyssey, and they're going to try. They're you know these maps are going to be huge. Yeah, we'll see, man. We will see. I'm hopeful for this one. Uh, final story of the day. The Nintendo Switch is terrible online. Saves a life. This comes from Jordan Midler at BBC. Wow. The FBI reportedly found a missing child thanks to her appearing online using her Nintendo Switch. The child, who has not been named due to her age, was taken from her home in Virginia in August. Uh, 29-year-old Ethan Roberts is alleged to have taken the girl to an apartment in Tolleson, Arizona. That is horrible and terrifying. According to federal court records via ABC 15, Roberts allowed the child to bring her Nintendo Switch with her. When she then connected it to the Wi-Fi in order to watch YouTube or download a game, she appeared online, and this alerted one of her friends. It's probably nothing that anybody even had thought of at this point. Uh, The fact that somebody else down the road, another child, was bright enough to go, hey, look, my friend's online, she's been missing, and I need to tell somebody. 11 days after her disappearance, FBI records show that the Tolleson police located the apartment and swiftly surrounded it. He was arrested on the scene. You'll love to see it. Some justice. Some Nintendo justice. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy and awesome, and what a fucking scary world it is out there. Yes. God. Be good to people. Don't be fucking... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, how do you segue from that one, Cam? How do you even do it? I'm sitting here. I'm looking for an easy win, Mike. I'm looking for something to pull from. But the day that I come up with a good segue, Cam, that day seems so far away. <laughs> if I want to know what's coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? Timothy, you'd go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. We both thought about doing the jazz hands. Do that was not that was you not just, planned. You gotta do it. You gotta do it, man. Out today. Oh god, we got stonks nine hundred nine thousand ninety eight hundred stonks. Yeah, stonks ninety eight hundred. Sorry, I'm, I'm caught on the stonks. You want me to sit a list? Yeah, I can sit a list. Yeah, go for it. Let's sit up. We got stonks ninety eight hundred stock market simulator on PC early access. We got Evergreen Mountain Life Simulator on PC. We got the Break In PC early access. We got the Complex Expedition on PC. We got Pocket Academy 3 on PC. We got Cats Hidden in Paris on PC. And it begins. Hashtag Pokemon Sleep is now available in Australia, Canada, Latin America, and New Zealand for iOS and Android. And was that hashtag like Kevin? Or No. That, oh, okay. It's just there. Oh, okay. It's just a copy and paste from a PC. Oh, okay. Ken, I've been refreshing my app store every damn day for the last week when's pokemon sleep coming when's it coming i need you to be catching pokemon these sleep? fucking mons in my sleep dude. okay i do it all day i need to do it all night okay what's your favorite pokemon my favorite pokemon is it Charmander? caterpie oh yeah caterpie, caterpie. yeah my i, I, do, I knew this caterpie to butterfly i knew this i knew this love those guys my, yeah um but yeah pokemon sleep is uh coming soon i bought the little pokemon go plus plus okay uh been using it all weekend you can but even without the Pokemon Sleep app, you can still start counting your sleep. That shit's tracking me. Put a chip in me, Kev. It's happening, man. As long as I get Pokemon, that's all that I care about, okay? Do you still play uh, Pokemon Go? I've been playing every day since November. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hardcore. Kev. Okay. What Way team are too you? hardcore. What's up? What team are you? I'm, I am Team Mystic. Blue baby. Really? I don't play it anymore, but that's what I was Team, I was team Mystic. Um, let's see. Where do we go from here? Let's go to your wrong. Okay. If, does, that, does that feel okay to you? Yeah. How, how much do you think we got wrong today? Uh, very little. Yeah, we're we're experts here. You're absolutely right. We got nothing wrong. Hell yeah, absolutely Damn right. nothing wrong. Damn fucking we right. We did it. We did it. Kebabs writes in and says it's worth noting that Tilu Two has a PS5 patch that enables an unlock frame rate. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. That is good to know. I did not know that. 
Um, let me tell you a little bit about tomorrow's hosts and then the rest of the week's hosts. Tomorrow we got Bless and Me. Then we have Bless and Greg. Then Bless and Me. And then Me and Bless. Wow. What a lineup. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you're watching live on YouTube and live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show. I guess everywhere now. Uh, now we're actually also uploading it as part of the Games Daily video and the Games Daily audio on podcast services. So, again, thank you for your patience. We're experimenting. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that we're just trying to get right with handoffs and stuff. It's way more complicated than it should be, but I think we're inching towards a uh, solution that makes everybody happy. Um, but we're about to do this super chat post show where Snowbike Mike is about to come on the stage, join us. You're going to write in your super chats or your Twitch resub uh, messages and all that stuff. And me and Cam will answer your questions. They don't even need to be just about video games. It could be about Cam's dashingly good looks. It could be about Mike's yams. It could be about whatever you want it to be about. Please just write in using the YouTube super chats. But Cam, before we move on to that, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on the socials like Twitter, Blue Sky, and Threads at Cam Final Mix. I still use Twitter the most just because it's just hard to like kind of get get like untrain yourself to do your, all your stuff on Twitter. Um, but I'm trying to post more often on those other platforms. Um, I'm gonna have a preview on IGN like probably in the next week or two on uh, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, that mobile game. If you want to check that out, and I also have a review yeah. up on Game Informer for The Legend of Heroes: Trails into Reverie. Uh, which is a series that I've been playing for the past two years that I cannot stop talking about. Yeah, um, check it out. And uh, yeah, and thank you for having me. Uh, always glad to be here. Hell yeah. Well, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday we come at you live with all the video game news you need to know. Thank you guys for spending your time with us. We really, really appreciate it. And we're about to spend an entire day with you, and it's going to be great. Remember, uh, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We're about to do the post show. Then Kevin and Mike are going to be playing some Viewfinder. You're definitely going to want to hang out and check that out. It's going to be a blast. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. And welcome to the stage, the return of Snowbike Mike. Mike, it's really good to have you here. Sam, it's so great to have you and uh, be next to you. Look at this awesome new set, though. Yeah, it's pretty, isn't it? Nice little... It photographs really well is something that I've noticed. Greg and Stella took some pictures last week, and I was like, damn. Wait, you got new colors over here? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, new color set for this? Look at, look at this. Okay. Normally, Kev, show them the other version. <laughs> if you could do that. I don't know how complicated that is. <laughs> Normally, the show... It's harder than you think, yeah. It, it's green and blue. You didn't change the lights, but like I'm Yo, the lights are all green as well. I forgot. Yeah. I didn't see who said it, but someone said, uh, what's my favorite twice comeback? Uh, fancy. Fancy is my favorite twice song. Goat. Oh, wow. So fancy. You there you know. go. Oh, I know that one. But so, Cam, look at, look at the magic here, all right? This look is the kind of magic. funny games daily set. Yeah. And now, Cam. So it's like kind of like a blue, green. Bippity, boppity, boo. Let's go to the new post-show set. The light's going to take a sec to change, but when they do... Oh, wow, okay, wow. I like the purple. Purple's my favorite color, so appreciate that. What's your favorite color, Mike? <sighs> Green or blue? Yeah. So I, go, I, I, I could change there. every other day. You know, I got a suggestion for you. Tell me. Teal. Teal? Me in the middle. Green and blue. You're a color guy. You I know am what I mean? Then, like, you got the eye for that. That's <laughs> like, I don't, you know what I mean? But I am going to paint this weekend. I'm pretty excited. Just what does that mean? Though. I'm just going to paint, like, some walls just for fun. Yeah, have you told Cool Greg about this? <laughs> 
that kind of painting, you know what I mean? But I guess you could have some fun. Yo, what the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another fun, kind of funny games daily post-show super chat with your boy Snowbike Mike. And, of course, our two incredible show hosts from today's kind of funny games daily. We got Cam, we got Tim, and we got all of you. Of course, this 30 Minutes is brought to you by you. The best friends out there. This is where you can get involved and ask your burning questions, comments, and concerns. And, of course, dive a little bit deeper into today's one of news stories, like how we say goodbye to Xbox Live. R.I.P. the goats. I mean, you know, we what a tough one. We didn't talk uh, about that side of it. I'm yeah. like, man, it's kind of wild. Saying, like, I it's, mean, it's weird. It, it is a little bit emotional for being connected to a brand that way. <laughs> let's be real. I mean, it's been a tough week for Xbox fans because we said goodbye to Major Nelson. The face of Xbox for decades. Yeah. And then Xbox Live that you grew up with and loved. It's a tough couple of days. Yeah. yeah. It's only gonna made it's only gonna be made better when that ABK deal goes through and I get all the Call of Duties, all the Crash Bandicoots and Fire House on Game Pass. It's gonna be nuts, Tim. It's gonna be wild, Cam. You see they turned on all the servers for old Call of Duty games and people are just flooding them now. No. Playing really? some old Black Ops, some old Modern Warfare. Oh, oh really? Oh. Call of Duty yeah. Black Ops is it's my going down, Tim. It's about to go down. Wait, oh. that's actually pretty damn cool. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops is my favorite Call of Duty to this day. Like I, <sighs> it's like basically like that campaign is basically just an '80s action flick as a movie or as a campaign, and then the zombie map suite of maps are just oh, iconic. What an exciting time! But we got some best friends who want to get excited with us because they are super chatting. And of course, over on Twitch, you can now use the hype chat feature and/or resubscribe if you would like. Let's jump in with Unique Technique, who has become a member for two Unique months and says, "Set the tone." Tim and Cam, I want you both to know that it's Monday. Mm-hmm. It's a little quiet out there in the pen right now. Yeah. It's just me and Nick. Buttonheads battling, having some fun talking about dope video games. But I'll tell you what, you guys set the tone today. So thank mm. you so much for bringing the oh, energy yeah. on both of your sides. Thank you. Now we have another fun one coming in from Brendan Post, who writes and says, Hey, Cam, please pe- preach the gospel of the legend of heroes to KF and all the kind of funny best friends. I feel like Barrett specifically would resonate with this series. I actually think Tim would resonate with the series oh. the most, but oh. I know that he is a busy man, and I just like know that's just a lost cause. Like mm. I can talk to him all he wants. I know he's never going to play it, and I respect that. Okay, but, so give me the pitch though. So, and this is going to scare a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But like, The Legend of Heroes is the one piece of video games oh. in the sense of like there are eleven there are eleven games in the U.S. There's thirteen games out total, two in Japan that haven't come out yet, and uh, and so I'm just going to talk about the U.S. the games released in the U.S. Um, and they're, they all take place in the same universe, uh, more or less in chronological order. And it has the, and I, I know I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm, but I believe this. It has the richest cast of characters in any video game series I've ever played. Uh, you like, and the world building and the, like the way that it, uh, builds the lore and the history of the, of the continent of Zamuria is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Like, this game has fundamentally raised my expectate, like my ex- expectations on all video games. Like, it, it's incredible. And so, like, each arc takes place in a, in a different uh, country, I'm going to say for lack of a better uh, term. Um, and they each have their own, like, government structure, um, culture. Like, everything feels so starkly different from one another. And... and uh, and the stories for each characters are like for each arc is just like so well written and so like and the side quests are so good. 
Um, I'm just going to use the, the first arc just for an example because I don't want to go through all of it because that's going to take for long. But the first arc, which is my favorite, takes place in a country called Liberal. It's very like medieval Europe uh, kind of uh, vibe in the culture. Um, and there's like, there's no nobility, but like, uh, like noble houses, but there is a queen. Like there's the queen of Liberal and then like that's kind of it. Um, and you play as Estelle Bright, um, which is another really great thing about this arc is that it's a female main protagonist. We don't get that often in video games. We don't get that often in JRPGs. Um, and you base, you and your adopted brother, Joshua are looking for your, your missing dad. Your dad's missing. He's like outside of the queen. He's like probably the most pro prominent, well-known figure in the country because he was the, he used to be the former general of the Liberalian army. And then he was a bracer, and a, and a, a, which is what Estelle and Joshua are. And a bracer is basically like a work for hire. They have to be like well trained in combat and stuff. So, uh, but but they can also take uh, do miscellaneous tasks like go to the library. I need to go. Uh, like someone sends in a request, like I need help organizing books at the library. And you and you go to the library. You fucking lost me, bro. No, dude. You fucking lost no, me, dude. So, no, Tim, he's deep in the sauce. He's in the sauce, Tim. He's giving you what you go off. He's telling you. And so basically, they just become junior bracers. And so while they're looking for their dad, they decide we're gonna do the requirement to become a senior bracer, which is like you have to go to every major city in the country. And you have to get a letter of recommendation that you did something, uh, you contribute something significant to that city, and then you become a senior bracer. Um, and like each town is just so rich in the NPCs that you talk to. Almost everyone you talk to, you learn something about the world, you learn something about the town, you learn something, something of significance. And that's, it goes the same for the side quests. Like there are some where it's like, again, I need help at the library, or you're defeating this like, big monster on the road like outside of the town and so there's just like such a variety of requests uh, like that you get and you always get rewarded for doing them and and so like as these arcs go on and then like the main story arcs and the characters and their backgrounds it's 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 all so rich and amazing and the music's incredible too and so each arc kind of focuses on a different area so like liberal crossbell which is kind of like this autonomous state that's being fought over by two other countries that like both recognize Crossbell as part of their own. So there's like political, it's a very political game. Um, and then there's Erebonia, which is like this, um, which is like one of the bigger continents as well, uh, countries as well. And it's just each arc, it just, uh, you get like this, these new cast of characters. And by the time you get to Reverie, which is like the latest game, it's ba it basically serves as epilogues for the Crossbell and Erebonia arcs. And, these aren't even, uh, when I say this number, this isn't all the playable characters in the history of the series, but like you can play up to over 50 characters in your party that you can choose from. And you know all of their intimate backgrounds and histories. You know, you like, you know what they've gone through. You know, their like, you know, everything about them. And it's just like, the, it is the most rewarding stuff. Like it's, I know it's like really, really, uh, hard to kind of process what I'm telling you because you haven't played the games. But, um, you know, the Sky games, unfortunately, they're only on PC. That's not a problem with uh, this series is that, like, they change publishers partway through mm. the series. So it's kind of a mess to try and play them all. The easiest way to, uh, like, unbiasedly to play them all is PC on Steam. All of them are on Steam. Um, after that, it gets a little messy. Um, 
but the the three Sky games, uh, they're all only on Steam, unfortunately. And then you can play the rest of the games on PS4 if you'd like. There are some on Switch. I wouldn't recommend that. But So PC and PS4 is kind of your best bet. But PC is where the first arc only lives on. Um, and it goes on sale all the time. Like You can get like the first arc for not even $40 total. It's a really great, it's a really great series. I highly recommend it. And what's great about it, you can play the first game. It's the shortest game in the series, like 30, 35 hours. And if you don't like it, you can stop. But everyone who's played it after my recommendation have said like, oh, I am all in on this. And, well, hell yeah. and so I really, really, while I have the time on this platform, please play the Legend of Heroes series. <laughs> Fucking take play your time. this video take your, game. Take your, take your time with it. I, Damn. Take your time with it. You don't have to rush. Oh, yeah. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. I love the hype. I love you getting your new Duffy and sharing that with everybody. And go check it out. Play that game. All right, let's keep it going right now. Man Disco says, talk that talk, boyos. What's your favorite twice comeback, Cam? You already did this once. Yeah. Why don't you give well, it to uh, me again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fancy. Fancy. This is like kind of like. Twice, do they call songs comebacks? Uh, so in, 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 K-pop, in K-pop culture, anytime they like. Uh, release, they're about to release a new video. It's called a comeback. Okay, and cool. It's kind of like a new... Uh, so the like, new single. It's like a new era, yeah. Love that. Yeah. I bought a shirt, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know the Taylor Swift era's like vibe where it's Fire. like yeah, yeah. her now and then like uh-huh. there's like Brady Bunch squares with the pastel colors. Yeah. But it's Ethan Hunt <laughs> and it's Tom Cruise from All the Different Mission Impossible. Oh, that's awesome. That's nice. I can't fucking wait to wear it. I bought a Judge Judy t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm excited to wear it. So there's nine people in this group. Yes, there's nine people. There's uh, M. Nyon, Yu Jun Yun, uh, Harai Momo, uh, Minato Zaki Sana, Park Gio, uh, Mioi Mina, Kim Dayan, Sung Cheon, and Cho Chui. Those are all the Impressive. next members. Yeah, Great yeah job. you get to keep yeah. your, your now, fan club card now. Yes, yes. As someone who is very well versed in the group music aspect, you know what I mean? From way back in the day. <laughs> is, that, is that how you're going to phrase it? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I'm thinking sure. I'm, I'm going to go back yes. to the boy band yeah, yeah, with yeah. you. But you have nine jabronis in the mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of FaceTime for a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, are all nine getting enough FaceTime? Are they getting the time they deserve on absolutely, the mic? Absolutely not. Absolutely you know what I mean? Not. Like, yeah. it, there's a dance that we got to play. Joey, mm-hmm. you know, my good my, my, my buddy Joey. Joey was kind of in the back. Yeah, you know but I mean? everyone yeah. knew him, though. No. <laughs> Absolutely no. Oh, oh, we're talking about well. We, now. we forget now about Kirkpatrick boy. You like, know what I mean? Well, those, yeah, he, <laughs> there's JC. That, you know? JC was the man in NSYNC. But um, no, absolutely not. My bias. Okay. My bias is Jungyun, and she is just like notoriously known as not getting enough lines in her in in their songs because there's three lead vocalists, uh, Nayeon, Gio, and Jungyun, and those like Nayeon uh, and Gio are notoriously. Uh, get way more lines than her like uh people have done the math and out of the entire group jungyun as a lead vocalist has the seventh most lines of nine people which is absurd like, yeah she should be in the top four at the very least you know and, and so she yeah she doesn't get a lot uh she unfortunately doesn't get a lot of love and you know we don't know if that is the decision by jyp which is their agency or if it's like she she's just like kind of cool with being in the background there but like and people still love jungyun and and uh because there's like so much to k-pop like they they have like their own programming like tv programming where you get to kind of know their personalities better and and um that's the reason i mean i love her vo- her singing voice too but like that's the reason why i really like jungyun is because she's like she's like a dork she's like you know she's a dork and i i, I like her personality a lot um but yeah it's that's for a big group like that that's always going to be a problem yeah 
Yeah, just nine people on the track is just a lot. It is, you know, but hey, you know, a lot. It's a dance. It allows it. It's a beautiful dance. Some I like say. that. I like that. Uh, I'm, I'm I always appreciated when Mike Shinoda sing. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I feel that, that that's what this reminds me of. Let's keep it going. To Bander SN writes in and says, "Hey Cam, so cool to meet you at SGF. Let's hear it. Rank the main line. Kinda. No, no. KH Games. Oh. Kingdom Hearts. That's so Kingdom Hearts. All all the Kingdom Hearts games are main line, if you ask me. Mm. But if you're mm. talking about just Birth by Sleep, one, two, three. Yeah. Uh, two Birth by Sleep. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also with you that I don't know <laughs> if I mm. go through your one. I think I would say three. Dang. Just because, like, they did fix a lot. Of, there's still a lot of problems with that game. I still think that Kingdom Hearts 3 is a good game. Uh, but there is, they do like, I don't, did you play Remind? Did you play the Remind DLC? Yes, I did. Yeah, I think they, they like did all, Remind was basically what the ending should have been of that game and they just didn't have the time to finish it. And I think that when you play the new re- stuff in Remind, that was the stuff like, this is what I was waiting for. This was what I wanted in this finale. Um, and I, I, you know, I played Kingdom Hearts 1 like for unlocking Kingdom Hearts. I forgot to p- pitch that in my, in the podcast uh, during the show. I forgot about that. My bad. Um, unlocking Kingdom Hearts on all your platforms. And uh, I think that's a game where, unless I have a reason to go back and play Kingdom Hearts 1 again, I think I'm okay with never playing that game again. Wow. It's just, it's just, it, I, I mean, it's the most dated for sure. It, it's the most wow. dated from a gameplay perspective. Yeah. I, I think that I'd I put one over a, three because of the story and yeah, because of the a, worlds and the freshness of those worlds. Yeah. Um, I just feel like they, they do justice to the storyline. I think both the Kingdom Hearts side of the story and the Disney stories so much better because it was a little more confined. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think that once we introduced uh, the to the organization in two, I think that's when the Kingdom Hearts story got a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it lost its focus a bit. Uh, but the gameplay of two is just peak compared to the rest of them. So. Yep. Yep. And Every the birth by sleep was oh, was awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Straight up awesome. Yeah. It's like I mean. I think there's only three games that you could argue are the best PSP game. Like that, like released originally on PSP, and it's Crisis Core, Peace Walker, and Birth by Sleep. Like those are the top three. I don't think there's an argument for anything else. Pat upon. I mean, Pat upon's great, and but I'm not gonna. No, you're right though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, you're you're totally right. And like Kingdom Hearts is a great one and done thing. But even like the lows of like the stuff of what they did with the story that I uh, that upset me and a lot of people in Kingdom Hearts three. Like I would take that over Atlantica going through Atlantica again. I would take that going over the Destiny Island stuff in the beginning again. Like, I think that if it's your first time playing Kingdom Hearts in 2023, you will say, like, oh, this game holds up. Pretty- is Atlantica in one? Atlantica is in one, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wasn't it two? It's in two, too, but it's, it's like mini games. Man. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. I don't um, remember it in one. And so, it's been a long time. Yeah. Give me a remake. Give me a proper remake. Oh, maybe. yeah. It's like one of those things, like, because they lost the source code when they did the... Uh, they, they basically had to remake Kingdom Hearts One. Why didn't you do a proper remake? And the answer is because they didn't. They don't have the rights to Tarzan anymore. That's mm. probably why they didn't do it. Um, but yeah, shame. I just think that um, I think that if you play Kingdom Hearts One in 2023 for the first time, you're gonna be like, this game holds up well. But if you are familiar with that game and you've played it enough times, you're like, okay, I I think I can like not play this game again unless I have a good reason to. I like that. Uh, I will say Bander SN says, why is Kingdom Hearts 1 the best? So just letting you know where they fall. I mean, it's a great one and done thing. Like it does do things to like set up a potential sequel, mm-hmm. but it could have been a one and done like this is the end. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Delaney writes in and says, with all the talk of 2023 being 
one of the best years in gaming. I'd love to see a Gamescast topic ranking the last 10 years of games from 2013 to 2023. So this is kind of off, off topic, but on topic off at the same topic, time. Bring it on. I, cause I know people talk about like, oh, the best years of gaming and y'all bring up 2017 and like, but there, here's a year that I feel like y'all have never brought up and I wow. think should be in the discussion. 2010, 2010 is a banger year. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look. I love this idea, and and like we, me and Andy, have been talking about something similar. So like, if the schedule permits and stuff, I would like to do this at some point. Yeah, uh, I would also, maybe maybe towards the end of the year. I, I would also know, love like if y'all did like a just like your top ten games of the past ten years. That'd be cool too. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Well, I'm sure that once we get to the end of the year, there's gonna be a lot of those type yeah. of. But yeah, like videos. 2010. Give me some 2010s. Yeah, hit yeah, me. yeah what's Mass up with that? Mass Effect Two, one of my favorite Ooh, games. Of one all of the time. best. Red Dead Redemption, Super Mario Galaxy Two. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, StarCraft 2, Fallout New Vegas, um, God of War 3, Super Meat Boy, Bad Company 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is my favorite bro- uh, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed game, uh, Peace Walker, Birth by Sleep, Limbo, Alan Wake, Dead Rising 2, like, absolute banger year, uh, Rock Band 3, like, I just, I, I, I know that, like, 2017 was uh, a big year for games, but I don't know, for me, like, if I had to pick any year, it would, for me, it would be 2010, like, this year has potential to overcome that, but like I'm just looking at these games and like all these games still, in my opinion, uh, hold up. Halo Reach, um, yeah, it's just an absolute banger year. Yeah, I mean there definitely have been some standout years and a couple like yeah, these are okay years, but I, I feel like the there's everyone's looking for something different, but I do feel like the the big ass banger like oh there's a game of the year here type years i think always are gonna get like a leg up whereas i feel like everything that you named there i feel like splits it a little bit which is good really mass effect 2 i well mass effect 2 and red dead redemption are like feels like god of war red dead redemption 2 to me like Hmm. i mean because mass effect 2 is still i mean that was like a moment for yeah yeah um so uh, that's uh, a great pull cam yeah Yeah, that's on the list that's a great it's definitely high yeah i'm gonna stick with 2023 yeah, I too, live baby. in the present me right too, now, baby. baby. This kid is crazy it's a, right it's a now. a really great year. Holy cannoli. Let's keep it going right now. Let's have some fun. Of course, check it in with the YouTube Super Chats. Michael M. Costa writes in and says, when do you predict we see a new Xbox interface? Hmm. I mean, they kind of just recently kind of updated it, so I yeah, don't think we're going to see it. Any- I am on the Alpha Skip Ahead program back up at the Tahoe yeah, House, too. and uh, there is a newer refined one, a yeah. little bit smaller tiles, a little yeah. more screen up on the top. Maybe like 50, 60% cam. Like yeah. it's more a lot showing the they background. Like kind of like little yeah. circle tabs now. But they're, they're messing around with it right now. I don't anticipate a new interface anytime no. soon, like a big change. But you should see that rolling out fairly soon enough yeah. because it's been there for a while now. Yeah, I know been, that. Yeah, I'm in the skip ahead like you so too. I think you'll see that. And I, I wonder what people think. Right, because there's a whole lot of talk. Mm-hmm. I can't see my dynamic background in the <clears> background. <throat> but every time I turn on the console cam, you know the last thing I do? Sit there on the homepage because I know where I'm going. I'm yeah. going to the tile. I'm clicking the game. I'm in the game. I go to the store. I give them my credit card information. I, I buy a video <laughs> game. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't really spend much time going, oh, man, my grounded background. That's so lit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, So for me, I, I, int- I want to know what people really think about this next one because it is definitely leaning in towards, hey, you can actually see the background a lot more. And that was the goal of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. No, you I, fall on that? No, I, I, I agree. Like, I think where it's at right now is good. I think the update that they that they're gonna eventually release to everyone is a good quality of life update. Um, something like a significant change, 
if anything, when a brand new generation starts, we'll get something new. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what the PS4 did with the PS5, but even then, not really. It was just kind of a more, like, kind of futuristic look of what the PS4 uh, dashboard looked like. Um, But I do, and I feel this way on both systems. I wish that there was, like, a quicker way. Like, I didn't have to go scrummage through too many menus to be able to redeem a code. Mm. Like, I just wish there was, like, a, I press one button and it's like redeem code and I like, yeah. like oh you have to go to the store and then you have to get to the tab where it like says it and then you have to press redeem code it's like it's like three steps like mm-hmm. it shouldn't have to take that long mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I I don't know when we're gonna see another one I think that it's gonna be a while I feel like we're just at a point that everything is so modernized and like it's not like things used to be back in the day of like I mean PS three even where they're still trying to figure out like user interface for technology like video games were one of the main things pushing that forward but since the invention and then kind of takeover of smartphones apps are just the way people yeah. consume everything so i feel like there's a lot more data and understanding about like what works and what makes sense from a user perspective um so i feel like it's all just kind of homogenized into something that for the most part does just work and when there are glaring features missing people are very vocal about it and then eventually there's a patch and it changes it like there was a lot of things i didn't love about the ps5 when it first launched but now i'm like yeah i'd like the uh, code redemption thing being easier a little more customization would be nice but like overall i don't have any major no no i I think it's i think they're both in good places i think they're in great places yeah yeah yeah. i mean i know everybody will have their bias ones better than the other but like they're both just fine yeah you get the job done yeah. What I need. Uh, let's keep it moving with DJ Kento. Writes in and says, y'all stoked for that Star Wars Outlaw? Uh, Outlaws takes place between Empire and Jedi. Anything or anyone you want to see specifically, Tim? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of here. Like Star Wars has hit this point. For me. I freaking love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'll always love Star Wars. No matter how much bad shit we get, I'm still going to love it. We've gotten a lot of bad shit. I'm going to be honest. I can still find joy in some of that stuff, though. And I've kind of just like come to grips with what Star Wars is, I'm always going to want more from it, and I'm going to be extremely excited when something like Andor comes out and gives me that, when Jedi Survivor comes out and gives me that. Um, so I don't know that I'm necessarily at the point anymore that I'm like waiting for characters to show up because like yeah. that's happened for the last like 20 years. Having said that, I want them to. Like I'm, I'm not somebody that's like, oh, give me only original characters. I'm like, no, if it's set between Empire and Jedi, like I want, I know what that means. Like Actually, let me have that and like make it substantial and mean something and not just kind of be like a fluff random ass reference or something like i'm at the point now that i've invested so much in the lore of star wars that like yeah keep me invested and keep y'all need to invest as well and i think for the most part they do an okay job with that with how much in the shit we are at this point cover me in dirt baby i am exactly on the opposite side of the spectrum Mm -hmm. like i want completely I, i want it to be all original characters i don't need to see any cameos i just want i think that time in the Star Wars timeline is an interesting setting to take place where like the, you know, the empire is basically at, at its highest. Um, and there, you know, there's just potential of just using that setting and making it feel like the empire's breathing down your neck in every corner. And I think that would be uh, really cool. I, I, I just don't, cause, cause the thing is like Star Wars is such a vast, you know, it's, 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 it's sci-fi. So there's, there should be, they shouldn't be afraid to just create old, like all original characters. And if there are like, you know, in Fallen Order, right, where Darth Vader shows up at the end, spoilers, like that wasn't a significant part of the story. Like it was a cool moment. It was a cool cameo, but it wasn't like, it didn't contribute um, to the major 
any major plays in the story. And that's fine to me if they if they do it in aspects like that. But like there's an opportunity here to kind of not worry about other characters and connecting them to these these you know these new characters. And I just like kind of want a fresh Star Wars experience because when uh, returning characters in most cases show up in some way, it's kind of just like, ah, do we really need to do this? Um, you know, th- again, there were some example uh, other situ- some ex- situations where that isn't the case. Like obviously, like Luke showing up at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, that was dope. Um, you know, uh, seeing more live action Ahsoka, that's cool. Um, but in general, I just think that like this is a new IP new characters let's focus on these characters and make more interesting new star wars characters than having to bring in old characters to kind of uh carry the load in a sense um and i'm not saying that like that's always gonna be the case um but i just i just want something new i want something fresh i you know because that's the kind of fatigue that i've been experiencing with star wars um and which is why it's like sometimes i'm like oh i'm really into star wars and sometimes where i'm like uh you know star wars is fine um, I think Andor is also kind of like um, a good example of that. It's like, yeah, we got uh, Andor coming back, but like the rest of it's all like new characters and like uh, getting a different side of what Star Wars is. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Will Lando be in it? Because I'm a Lando guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You talk about Star could, Wars could Outlaws, a little time. bit of swag, a little yeah, bit of coolness to we, it. Lando saw, would be dope. We saw Jabba situation and uh, Han in the trailer. So, yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, okay, we only have a little bit of time here, so we're going to go rapid fire on this one. 40 Viz, big, big KH fan here. That's Kingdom Hearts. Favorite music slash theme from the games. Go. Ooh. I mean, Fate of the Unknown, man. I'm just such a sucker for Sanctuary, it. Sanctuary. Kyrie's Ooh. great. Um, yeah, let's do those. Let's move on. Marion writes in and says, Tim, did you grab Avatar and Avatar 2 in 4K? I've been struggling out here, boys and girls. Going to Best Buy, going to Target. It's been a sad time for your boy. Mm-hmm. Physical media is dead. It's <laughs> fucking dead. Let's and I'm going to... I'm not going to say what book? I was about to say. What's did up? you get the Mario seal book? No, I didn't. Dang. Mario, uh, Avatar, and Avatar 2, and a couple MCU movies I'm behind on, and I'm... Pretty stressed about it, it Mike. DJ Kenta writes honest. in and says, Tim, did you see the new Mission Impossible Steelbooks? They're gorgeous. That's pretty cool. I don't know. I don't think I have. It's I'm, like I'm the, really like picky him about... off the train. Yeah. It's cool. Sick. I'm picky about Steelbooks, especially in... I, I'm picky about franchises. I need consistency. Yeah. That's why, God bless Fast and Furious, still using the same Steelbook design. I can't believe it. It's been like 20 years, it. man, and they're still fucking doing it. That's, I got that shit pre-ordered, baby. That's why he goes to Cabo and has these conversations with Han and the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> That's Sunday. what's happening here. Uh, Alex3B writes in and says, Tim, will you add Kind of Funny Best Friends to your friends list on Pogo? Ultra Friends gives 5K experience, and Best Friends give 100K lucky egg with five friends for one milli experience. I'm, I'm trying to be very tactful about okay. adding friends because I don't know the implications of it yet. And so I don't want to pull a Greg Miller and like overload load my uh, friends mm-hmm. list and have to have Snowbike yep. Mike sit Stay, there. Greg Miller be there. He's right. Yeah, yeah. So I want to be, be smart about this. Like mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Goldfarb's kind of shepherding me into this world in a major mm-hmm. way. So I'm kind of just following his Is lead. He's still on like stuff. all in on. Oh, he's all in. Wow. Me, dude, every day me and him are Respect to him. doing stuff. Dude, he is wild. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying not to, to add too many people right now, but I got a couple. That. I'm going to add slowly. 
Tyler Washington wrote in a really nice one. The Legend of Heroes got my buddy out of a depression, and when he came back to tell me about it, I sat there for two hours fully attentive listening to him. Some really cool stuff there. Really great. Ben writes in for both of you. Watch, save, delete. Ninja Turtles, three ninjas, surf ninjas. Delete surf. Okay. Bo tempo. Kevin. What are we talking? I know. I know. What are, what are we talking about here? Yeah. What, what's watch and save mean? Wait. Uh. So I, I would say watch means like we're gonna sit down and watch it right now. Save is like you'll save anytime. it for later. We'll watch it at a different time. Oh, you know and then delete. You don't think save is like watch anytime you want? Are these like different Ninja Turtle mm. movies? That's a good question, Kevin. No. I don't know. Different, different franchises. Ninja movies. What's surf? Tur- what's surf? Surf Ninjas was like right. a '90s uh, kid comedy. That's dope. How do I not? Um, I, yeah, hmm. I, Surf Ninjas is fine, but mm-hmm. I am such a Three Ninjas fan. Whatever, mm-hmm. the best answer for me watch. is Three Ninjas. Okay, watch that, and then save Ninja Turtles. Then, if we're just talking movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, it's saving Ninjas, I'm, I'm saving, or I'm watching Ninja Turtles, because that's, like, the only one I know, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. Three Ninjas mm-hmm. is absolutely fucking incredible. Um, but the Mutant Mayhem, man, I am it looks really good. out of my mind for this thing. Looks really good. Can't stop watching clips. Final two. Jesus Katz writes in and says, talking about Legend of Heroes on Kind of Funny, who is this man? He is a saint spreading the word of an amazing series. Play the game. Oscar N. writes in and says, how do we feel about Kingdom Hearts plot pulling so much from the Union Cross? I find it sad that a lot of the story is in a mobile game that few touch. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, I think that, um, you know, I know right now... uh, so like they're the lost masters like at least with the lost masters um they're the union cross masters they had the movie right in the collect the 2.8 collection that basically told you everything that you need to know in a real way about um about what the lost masters uh arc that's coming in kingdom Hearts uh four is going to be about but streletzia you, you need to play union cross like if you don't if you don't know streletzia is uh, it's uh marluxia's sister and she basically gets ah she basically gets murked um, uh, in that game, and so she is also in this purgatory quadratum that Sora's at um, from his uh, sacrifice at the end of Kingdom Hearts three. And so, like, I, it's one of those things where right now it feels like you need to know a lot to know what's going to happen moving forward if you do like intentively follow the plot of Kingdom Hearts, like I do. But that could not be the case. And they're, you know, because it's kind of like, like Square Enix likes to reuse their assets to make mobile games. You know what I mean? Uh, Because mobile games, you get money, you know, these gotcha games. And so there is a chance that it doesn't play a huge part. And like the stuff that you learn is like kind of just added lore that you can appreciate if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, but it isn't crucial to what is going to happen Kingdom Hearts 4 moving forward but as of right now it like it to me it sucks like it, it, it's unfortunate as someone who does not like mobile games who doesn't like to play on mobile um even with Union Cross like there were like maybe two times I was like kind of into it and I played it for a few weeks and then I just dropped it yeah um, me too just, I couldn't yeah. do it couldn't do it well Kind of Funny Best Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another Kind of Funny Games Daily Super Post Show chat with me and your two incredible show hosts. I have two pieces of information that you need to know about. One, my dude, Mm. Hideo Kojima just tweeted out that we got a collaboration you need to know about. Cam, it's big news. 
Tell me. Sam Porter Bridges is coming to fall, guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you and BB want to cross the finish line and grab a crown right now, it's coming soon, he says. So that's kind of lit. Second one, me and Kevin are about to take it to the lab, and we're going to be playing viewfinder with all of Hell you yes. of course the game releases tomorrow you won't be major spoils because we're going to play about the first 90 minutes of the game and we're going to get lost get lost puzzle buddy. poppy is here and you're probably mm-hmm. saying that's blessing no that's kevin the truth ladies is and gentlemen kevin. the truth is it's kevin i also made the thumbnail today so let me know what you think Hell yeah. i got deep in my duffy on that one and finally i have a nice comment from the chat that says miss envy says she's proud of you and very happy Thank for you. you envy and with that we are done for today's kind of funny games daily. We're going to say goodbye and I will see you over in the lab in about 30 seconds. If you're watching over on YouTube, brand new link, jump over there. If you're watching on Twitch, don't go anywhere. I'll see you in just a moment. Goodbye.